Well, let's welcome back Coach Bruton. Coach, are their team updates for us? It's just a big week here at Lakeland. It's homecoming week, uh, which is always exciting. And, um, you know, we got a pep rally tonight. We have our Hall of Fame banquet tomorrow, and we have four, uh, you know, four, four people going into the Hall of Fame that are um, – we're kind of here during my era, so it's kind of a more recent Hall of Fame class, and so that's really exciting. And then some some great athletes in Lakeland history, and um, then we got a big game on Saturday. Um, great opportunity to get that first win. We feel like, and uh, Concordia's got a good team, but we feel like we match up well. And, and uh, just looking forward, you know, our team's been improving, and, and now we need to find the payoff and, and uh, get that result that we're looking for. So just really exciting times, and um, our students are also on fall break this weekend, so for, for our players, it's a couple days off of classes, which is great, just to kind of recharge and get that mental break that they're looking for. Well, let's jump into, uh, let's first of all talk about this last week. So, great game against Benedictine, team rallied back, almost came away with that one. Your overall thoughts on the contest? Yeah, I mean, really disappointed with the result, because I felt like we had a shot to win the game. Um, you know, really proud of how we're competing. Um, we're improving, and, and that's the biggest thing is we're getting better every week. We have a number of guys that um, kind of played their best game. Um, some of the guys, you know, upperclassmen that played their best game they've ever played. And that's exciting, um, you know, but we, we continue to find ways to lose games, which is a disappointing part. And um, Had some had some really uh, undisciplined penalties late in that game, um, you know, one that really took us out of a, a big-time scoring opportunity when we could have took the lead with about eight minutes to go. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of that – uh, fine line we've talked about, you know, you're, you're happy with the progress and the improvement, um, but definitely not satisfied with the results. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't get moral victories here at this level, and, you know, we can't, we can't accept moral victories. So um, just that fine line between trying to, trying to continue to accentuate the positives, but also know that, you know, we're, uh, we're hurting ourselves in some of these games, and, and um, you know, we're, we're kind of losing games sometimes rather than the other teams beating us at times. Is there a way that you can address that with the team, or you know, I mean, they get it, and there's really nothing that can be said about it. Yeah, I mean, we we, we continue to talk about it. We show the film, we show the video. Um, you know, we, we we talk about it constantly, and you know, ultimately, it's about you know, eighteen to twenty-two year olds kind of controlling their emotions, um, and and that's you know, once they're on the field, it's there's not a ton you can do in that situation, and, and a lot of times, you know, it's. It's, it's good kids that make a half-second error in judgment. Um, you know, so it's just trying to coach them, coach them out of it is really all it is. But, you know, we've been very upfront about it. We've addressed it. Um, we've addressed it directly. We've shown the team the film and, and kind of where we were at. And um, Yeah, I think that's all you can do, just continue to address it and hope they, hope they you know, hold each other accountable. And you're starting to see it a little bit where our guys are um, – really getting on each other when those type of things happen and letting them know it's not acceptable. And, and um, that, that was good to see Saturday. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really it, I think, is, you know, hoping that, that they learn from the mistakes and, and it doesn't happen again. Robbie Michael continues to improve for you. Is, is there any concern that he's having more success for you running the ball than he is as much uh, passing it? Not really. You know, he's a great dual threat guy. Um, I thought he really threw the ball well on Saturday. We had um, four or five drops that, you know, changed his passing stats a little bit. And, and he threw a touchdown on a post route that got called back because of a, a lineman downfield. So he did a lot of good things throwing the football. Um, you know, I, without the penalties, without some of the drops, you know, he's probably closer to 250 or 300 yards even passing. So um, he's developing every week. He's getting better every week. And, 
um, he's going to be really, really special. You know, he's a, a huge part of our future, and you, know, you keep talking about kind of the positives. You know, he started three games, and he's played better in every game that he's played. Um, so that, that's exciting. Yeah, players are the game you want to just acknowledge. Yeah, I think, um, you know, offensively, Robbie was obviously, like I said, I, I thought he was uh, was outstanding. And um, for a freshman to handle the workload that he's handling as far as, you know, being our quarterback, but also carrying it 25 times. And, um, you know, at times he's kind of our quarterback and our running back. And, and that's a big load for a freshman. He's not a big guy, um, but, but I thought he was outstanding. Uh, Chris Crawford, as a receiver, went over 100 yards, um, had, had the biggest game of his career, and really stepped up. You know, we've, we've needed more production from our outside receivers, and I thought him and, and Colby Cohen both did some really nice things. Uh, and then Gabe Vila on the offensive line kind of kind of filled in as a starter. Um, he's an upperclassman that, that has played some for us, been, you know, uh, not necessarily a starter, but a guy that's played most games. Uh, but I thought he really played well and, and played, uh, played his best game of his college career, so that was exciting to see. Um, defensively, really thought two guys. I thought Drew Cardell, um, I think he had 13 tackles, was just all over the place, fifth-year senior, um, and just continues to play hard and, and, and just battle. And you know, He's talked to us a lot about you know his senior year hasn't necessarily gone the way he's wanted it to um, with team success, um, but wanting to really set the tone for, for the future of the program and uh, just continues to play so freaking hard and, and really proud of him and thought he was outstanding. And then I thought um, – Carlos Ozels was another guy who um, had, had a kind of a back injury, um, was fighting through some pain, and, uh, you know, we didn't know if he was even going to be able to play. And he was really, really limited at practice all week. Um, and then we got to Saturday and just kind of flipped the switch and, and was, you know, all over the place and, um, you know, making tackles, making plays in the backfield, making big tackles on, like, third down stops, things like that. And uh, I thought he was outstanding. There was one point in the game where, he kind of turned to us, I think it was 17-7 maybe or 17-nothing. It was kind of in that, that span, and um, he was really in pain. He looked at us and just said, I got, I got one more possession I can give you. Um, I can give you one more series. Um, and then we got a turnover, and I think we scored right after that, and all of a sudden he just said, like, screw it, I'm going. I'm going to play through it. You know, and I thought he was really good. You know, so I think those two, uh, those two guys on defense, and um, you know, special teams wise, we still got some things to shore up. I, I wasn't real pleased with our special teams effort on uh, on Saturday, and, and that's an area that we we got to continue to get better at. This week, you take on Concordia Chicago. They're coming off a big victory over Rockford last week. Your thoughts on this contest? Yeah, a team that really plays hard. Um, you know, they're different. They're uh, you know, offensively, they're they're really a run first offense, and they try to get everything off the run game. So they'll do some play action, some boots, and things like that. Um, but they got a couple talented running backs. They they bring a ton of motion a ton of misdirection, um, and you really just got to be disciplined. And, and then they're going to spring the play action on you. So you've got to stay very disciplined defensively. Um, they're a young team, but a team that plays really hard. Um, defensively, I think their D-line is as good as any in our conference. Um, really, really talented D-line. Uh, and then they bring a ton of pressure. So they're bringing uh, it's a three-man front, but they're going to bring four and five guys, sometimes six guys in the pressure, uh, play a lot of man coverage. Um, it's a very young secondary. You know, they're starting – uh, four freshmen and a sophomore in the secondary, but their secondary really plays hard, and they, and they fly around, and it seems like a group that just plays with a ton of confidence, and uh, honestly, it's a fun group to watch on film because they, they, they just play hard. Um, so it's going to be a really good test, you know, I think for us. 
you know, they want to play a little different than us. You know, we're a tempo team on offense that really wants to play fast, and, and we don't really care about time of possession. Um, and, and they want to slow the game down and kind of make it a little more of a grind and run the ball and, and kind of control the clock. So, you know, for us, it's going to be can we start fast? Can we get them in a situation where they maybe have to speed up and, and do some things they're not real comfortable doing? Um, and I'm sure they're saying the opposite. If they can get a lead, now can they put pressure on us knowing that possessions might be limited? So uh, I, think, I think the first quarter is going to be really important um, just early on in the game. And, um, you know, they're coming in off a really impressive win. They, they kind of controlled Rockford throughout that game and um, did a lot of really good things. And it seems like they're getting better kind of week to week. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it's going to be a really good contest. And, again, we really got to be ready to play. This was a team last year that you totally dominated – do you feel like by the way that their defense is set up, you should have at least some, uh, a fairly significant amount of offensive success? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I thought last year, you know, we were very, very good offensively last year. Um, we've talked about that, and, you know, we were very good. And I thought they played us pretty competitively, honestly. I thought their D-line was very good last year. They're bringing all those guys back. Um, you know, that score last year, you know, we scored three times on defense in that game. So the score became a little bit one-sided um, based on the fact that we scored, you know, the, the three times on defense. And, you know, I, I think there's opportunities for us to, to, to do some really good things offensively this week. But, um, you know, I think, again, the defensive line is, is really talented. they got three guys up front um, that I really think are good players, all-conference-type players. Um, they converted a, a D-liner from last year to kind of their, their outside linebacker, and he's a guy that pressures a lot, and he's a really nice player. Um, you know, two inside backers, sophomore and freshman, but guys that are around the ball and, and really make a lot of tackles, and they put a lot of pressure on you. Um, and then they play hard. They, they get to the football. Um, they rally the football. So I think there's some opportunities for us, for sure. Um, you know, but you know, they do a really nice job. I think, I think one of the keys for us is going to be how well we can run the ball. And they really um, control the opposing team's, you know, rushing offense. I think they're number one or number two in the conference in rush defense. Um, you know, they held Aurora. Aurora's got a really talented running back. They held him from, like, 14 carries for 30 yards. Um, you know, so they've done some really good things against the run. You know, we have to run the ball enough um, to be able then to, to throw the football. And we've run the ball really well all year, but, but can we consistently run the ball? It's going to be going to be one of the big uh, questions in, on Saturday's game. Well, let's jump into fan questions. We'll start with Lewis, who would like to know, Coach, has the team – the team has not been doing very well on fourth down this season, especially deep within your own territory. Any thoughts about having a little less aggressive attitude, especially on your own end of the field? Um, not not really, honestly. Um, you know, some of that, quite honestly, just comes down to confidence in in our punt game. You know, we haven't been been great punting the football. Um, early in the year, we we did a little bit of quick kick with our quarterbacks, and, and that's still a part of our our game plan week to week. But um, you know, on Saturday, for instance, we were punting into the wind uh, in the first quarter and just didn't feel like we were going to gain a, a tremendous amount of yards punting into the wind. And um, you saw Benedictine, you know, attempted some punts into the wind, and it was a pretty pretty heavy wind down here and, um, you know, weren't very successful when they punted the ball. So decided we were going to be aggressive and, and kind of decided pretty early in the game, you know, we have, um, you know, Peyton is, is handling our kicking and punting duties and, um, he was a high school kicker, um, but wasn't a high school punter. So he's a guy that's kind of learning to punt, um, you know, as, as he goes. And, and as a result, you know, we've kind of decided we're going to be aggressive on fourth downs. Uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time practicing punts um, with a full unit during the week. Uh, so we, we pick our pick our times. You know, I think there's times when when punting is the right call, and there's other times of being aggressive. 
um, you know, it's just a mindset for our team. It's a mindset for our offense. It's a mindset for our defense, knowing that, hey, we're going to trust you guys to get stops in, in those situations. And you know, I looked uh, this – I think we've gone for it 38 times on fourth down this year. Um, and no other team in the country has gone for it more than 27. Um, so we're, we're significantly ahead of, the, you know, every other team in the country, which is, which is interesting. But, you know, we're going to continue to be aggressive. It's just, it's just part of our mindset. Ed would like to know, he says, Jake Beverly does not seem as he has been as, as explosive over the last few weeks as what we saw in comparison earlier in the year. Is this a matter of facing tougher defenses right now, or are defenses more focused on directly trying to stop him? Yeah, it's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of both. You know, a little bit of the fact that uh, you know, teams are, are really keen on him. And, um, you know, some of it is just he hasn't had the, the real explosive runs. I, I, thought he, I thought against Benedictine, you know, he ran the ball – um, effectively, you know, he had a couple couple of really good runs early. Um, but part of it is, yeah, teams are, you know, we haven't thrown the ball as effectively as we want to at times. So teams are starting to play us a little bit heavier in the run box, um, and they're keen on him. You know, when you're when you're a player as talented as he is, um, you know, teams are going to key on him. Um, then obviously in, the, in that game, you know, he had to leave uh, with another injury, so uh, didn't get a chance to play in the fourth quarter, and uh, that that hurt his numbers a little bit, but. And he's one of those guys that we, you feel like every time you give it to him, he's got a shot to make a big one. Um, and, and we've seen that kind of consistently. It is, you know, he's got the ability to take kind of that, that short run and, and make it a longer run. But, you know, what, what really makes a good back is just can they consistently get four and five and six. And, and I thought he did a pretty good job of that against Benedictine for the most part. It's just kind of, kind of getting those runs and move the chains. And sometimes you don't, you don't notice it because it's, uh, you know, a third and two run that goes for three yards, but it's a really, really tough three-yard run. And, and I thought he had some of those. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's he kind of uh, spoiled us a little bit early in the year. You know, he's not going to go for 350 every week. Um, you know, but but it's cool to know that he's got that type of ability. Raymond would like to know: Is it hard to keep the team motivated and working hard at practice each week when you are winless through the first half of the season? It, it can be. I think it depends on your group. Uh, our group's been really good, and, and that's been. Um, you know, that's been probably the most positive thing is our guys are coming to practice. They're still excited to practice. Uh, I think they can see that we're getting better and, and we're getting close. And I, and I think they look back now at the first five weeks and, and we try to stress, you know, we're only at halftime of the season. And, and it feels like it's been a long five weeks, uh, a long six weeks with the bod because, you know, we haven't had the results. But we're only at halftime. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of football still to play. There's a lot of winnable games down the stretch. And, and we feel like we can get on a pretty good roll um, I think the other thing is that when you're when you're a younger team and we're playing you know a decent amount of young guys, um, they're also looking at, at saying, hey, what can we build for for next year? What can we build going into the off season? And um, you know, I think you're starting to see some some younger guys take on bigger roles. Um, obviously, Robbie, you know, at quarterback and, and Jay in the backfield, but you know, Caleb Besaw has become a starter for us at receiver. Um, really, our whole receiving group will bring back you know next year. So I think those guys are looking saying, hey. We have a chance to be really good um, down the line, and, and how can we build towards that? Um, and I think our upperclassmen have been really good about setting the tone. Like, like I said, a guy like Drew Cardell is a fifth-year senior that's won a ton of football games at this time here. Um, you know, but he came in you know, this week and was talking with us as coaches. Just you know, he's a captain for us, just saying, hey, he really wants to help us build the future. You know, and, and kind of turn this thing over to some of our young guys and just show them the right way to do things. And our, our upperclassmen have been really good about that. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder, Coach, is there a kind of a difference in mentality between sports? So, like, for example, if you're 3-24 and 24 
through your first 27 games of baseball, you probably still have 25 games left or something, <laughs> something like that yeah. left. And in football, you just have 10 games. So, you know, five games winless through first first five games, you're thinking, well, I only have five games left. I want to give my all at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, football's a little different in, in the sense that I don't know that there's always um, like a week-to-week carryover, if that makes sense. You know, I think you play on Saturday. You know, Sunday you're kind of still in that game mode. You get to Monday, you know, into Tuesday, and it kind of becomes a whole different entity. You know, it's a whole different game week um, so when things are going good, you know, sometimes that momentum doesn't carry over week to week. Kind of every week is almost like a different season, if you will. Um, so when, when things are going bad, the one positive is you can, you can kind of turn the page and now your focus becomes entirely on the next week. And there isn't necessarily that negative carryover week to week. And you know, there's a little bit of it. I'm not going to say that, that our guys aren't disappointed, um, you know, and, and to say when things are going well that all of a sudden, um, you know, there's not some momentum you carry over. But... You know, I think, I think it really is more week-to-week, you know, where if you're a, a baseball team, you're playing again the next day, and maybe there's a carryover from, hey, we lost a tough one on Monday, now we've got to play again on Tuesday. Or, you know, you're a basketball team, and you're playing three games in a week, and there might be a little more carryover than there is in football. You know, football feels like you kind of restart, and you reset every week, and uh, you get excited about the next week. Next up is Jill. It says, Coach, I saw that Lakeland was voted as one of the most innovative colleges and universities by U.S. News and World Report. Is a ranking like that helpful when you were out recruiting? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I don't think it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, I think you'll see with some of those college rankings is there's so many of them that, that it seems like almost every school has got something that, that, they're, that they're known for or something they get ranked for. Uh, but Lakeland does a great job. You know, we have a, a program, Cooperative Education, and something that's really innovative and um, it allows our students to really use work experience to get class credit, you know, so our students can work for one of our corporate partners. Um, you know, if you're an accounting major, for instance, uh, you're going to be able to work for one of our corporate partners, maybe working in an accounting-related field, um, and that's going to replace classroom credits. Um, and, and, again, most schools have that. Most schools allow you to intern and things like that. The difference at Lakeland is that, you know, up to a fourth of your college credits can be co-op credits. So you can – um, you can get 30 credits of co-op credits during your time here. Um, you can work at di- a bunch of different fields. You can work a bunch of different work experiences. Um, and it's something that, that I think is really innovative. We've always stressed kind of getting students out of the classroom and into the real world to, uh, you know, to kind of to, to learn, really. Um, so it's something that, that Lakeland does that's really, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of innovative. There's not many schools that are full co-op schools like we are. Um, and the other thing that's great about our co-op program is every co-op job is paid. So it's not, you're not working in an unpaid internship. You know, our students can make significant income um, while working these co-op experiences, while getting the class credit. So it's kind of a, a three-for-one. You know, you're getting experience, you're getting credits, and you're also getting paid. You're getting a paycheck at the end of it. So um, that's really what I think, you know, when you talk about being innovative, you know, that's, that's where Lakeland's kind of made its name academically. And it's a really, um, really good program for a lot of, lot of students. Excellent. Next up is George. He says, Coach, I'm an older person who went to college in the 80s. It seems like a completely different time, to be honest with you. One area where I see this is in the area of hazing. This seems to be kind of a ritual during my day, but has lost its cachet. Is there an overreaction to hazing now, or was this just always wrong? You know, in my opinion, it was always wrong. And, and I think the hard part with hazing is um, just too often it, it crosses the line. I think that's the biggest thing. I think there's... Um, there's some things with hazing that can be in good fun. 
Um, but the problem is when you allow it, you allow it to cross a line. You know, it's hard to say, well, when is hazing acceptable and when is it isn't? And it, it's much easier to say, hey, we're going to have a no hazing policy. Um, you see some of the stories that come out. Um, you know, I, I was never a frat guy, but you see some of the frat stories that come out. And uh, very quickly, hazing can go from, hey, it's in good fun, um, hey, we're, we're not really making anyone uncomfortable, um, to, hey, this, this was a crime or this was assault or this was, um, a Title IX violation or whatever it might be. And, and I, I, think, um, I, I think it's easier, much easier for schools, much easier for football programs, much easier for frats just to say we're going to have a no-hazing no policy. Um, and you see some of the stuff, you know, our, our, our frats on campus, we have a number of our players that are in frats, and, you know, we don't encourage or discourage that. If you want to join a frat, that's great. And, you know, they still do a Hell Week type, type uh, experience when, when pledges are uh, – Pledging, you know, but it's, I think we do a good job here at Lakeland of really monitoring what that means. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, ask a student to, you know, to, to have to clean the flat house or have to, uh, maybe you're making them do push-ups or something like that. You know, it's, it's very different than hazing saying, hey, we're gonna, you're going to have to drink, you know, alcohol. Or you're going to have to do something that puts you unsafe or makes you uncomfortable or things like that. So um, it's definitely changed. I, I think it's one of those things that, uh, we're much more educated about, and um, I, I think it's probably been a positive change. The college has said, hey, we're going to go to a, a no-hazing policy. Connor would like to know, is there a place that you would be willing to go to, even if it meant you could never return from there? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have to think about that. I, I don't think there's a place that I would say, hey, I want to I be there and never be able to leave. Um, I, I guess the, the, the simple answer would be, like, long term, I think that's probably heaven. Like, I think hopefully I end up there. Um, but I'm not ready yet to, to, to take that trip yet. Um, you know, anywhere on this, in this life, I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there's somewhere I'd say, hey, I'd want to be there and never be able to leave. Uh, there's places I'd be more than willing to go for a very long time, um, but but I don't think I don't think when you make it that finite, I'd be able to accept that proposition. So I'll say no, but that's a that's a great uh, great question. I always thought if I could take a, a trip to the end of the solar system, knowing I couldn't come back, I, I'd do that. I think that'd be kind of fun. But okay, I'm old though, coach. So yeah. that's a different yeah. <laughs> You've lived it. You've been through it, right? Uh, Joe would like to know what is something that you can do that no one else you know can. Wow, something I can do that nobody else can. That's uh, again, I don't think I'm that talented. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I got one for for that. That something I can do that no one else can do. Um, I will say I, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty talented at like mental math. You know, so if you're, I, I would say. Most people uh, can't do, you know, some of the multiplication and some of that that I can do. Um, but, but that's, uh, you know, I, I, there's somebody better. That's, there's some, certainly somebody much better than me at, at, at everything that I do. So um, that, that's probably, I guess, what I would go with. But um, that's, that's a great question. You mentioned that it's homecoming this week. So Beth would like to know what your favorite homecoming moment is. You know, I think um, – there's a lot of them. We've had some really special homecoming games here. 
Um, and that's the one thing that we try to try to make sure we preach to our guys is there's there's a ton of great things going on with homecoming. You know, we have a pep rally tonight. There's a powder puff game. There's been bonfires. There's been you know different events, and and we want our guys to participate. You know, we don't ever try to restrict them. There's there's still college students, but um, we always say you know keep our focus on on the game as well. You know, academics first, and then obviously the game is, is the reason that people are going to come out on Saturday. So. Um, you know, in 2016, you know, homecoming was the uh, the mud bowl, and uh, you know that's a game that'll live on in Lakeland lore forever. Uh, we played Concordia, Wisconsin, so a rivalry game, and uh, we played on probably the worst field in America. Um, you know, it was, it was the last game in grass um, at Lakeland you know, before we got the turf because we tore up the field so bad that we had to move our last two home games off campus. Um, and, and that game, you know, if you, if you ever see pictures of that game or video, it was it was wild. It, the game probably should have been canceled. So. Uh, that's one that that you remember. Um, you know, we've had had a couple other homecoming games. Um, you know, I, I think uh, 2017, you know, Benedictine was a homecoming game uh, last year. You know, Larry, you know, rushing for for six touchdowns is a pretty cool memory. So there's been a lot. You know, we've had a ton of success on on homecoming in the past, and um, you know, hopefully we create another great memory for our guys coming up on uh, on Saturday. And with that, how about our words of wisdom for this week, Coach? Yeah, the biggest thing I'll say is uh, this week is time management is probably one of the most underrated traits or underrated qualities, just learning to manage your time. And and I speak of this um, really with kids. I think I mentioned this before a couple weeks ago, but the the amount of time it takes kids to do anything in the morning, you should multiply what you think it'll take by two. You know, so if if brushing your teeth should take a minute, it's going to take my kids four minutes. Uh, I guess it's a four times multiplier. Uh, you know, if, if they need to find socks, it should take 12 seconds. It's going to take them two minutes. So I think learning to manage your time, I'm trying to get better at this, uh, but, but just adding extra time to anything you plan, uh, especially with kids. But time management, you know, for our college students is so important, uh, especially athletes, just being able to manage their time and kind of have a schedule and a plan is, is so important. So uh, that's something to go with. You know, really, really value time management. And if you're not great at managing time, you know, learn those skills uh, for time management. Fantastic. Coach, thanks again. All right, Rob. I appreciate you.